Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. I'm Michael Vodder, and I'm here with Universal Channel author and spiritual consultant Cindy Riggs. Cindy has been practicing professionally for 20 years, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for, for this episode. So am I. We're going to talk about Quetzalcoatl. Yes. The Mayan and Aztec god, the feathered serpent. It sounds sounds uh, unfamiliar. Unfamiliar, yes. <laughs> yes. Most people, they're not even sure how to pronounce it. It's it's a very... Um, com- Quetzalcoatl. 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 Quetzalcoatl if it's Spanish, and Quetzalcoatl if it's Nahual, which is the language that the name came from, Nahual language. Okay. We're talking 300 to 600 BC when these civilizations were worshiping this god of the sky. And what civilizations? My Aztec and Mayan. Okay. Aztec first, of course. Possibly even the Toltecs. Okay. There, there is a lot of um, information that is not quite. We're not sure. Fair enough. Because calendars changed, and you know history was not all written down at the time. So what is this god? What This god is known as the feathered serpent, and actually that's what Quetzalcoatl means, is feathered serpent. And it's interesting because if you've watched Ancient Aliens, they've <laughs> talked about Quetzalcoatl, but they talk about all of these sky gods, okay. you know, as potentially extraterrestrials. Okay, so wait, so sky god, is that a category of gods within the Mayan Aztec tradition, I guess. Mm, yes, this one was known as the sky god or the god of wind. Okay. <laughs> but is always depicted as, and I wish our listeners could see this model, or not, well, statue that I have here. Um, <clears throat> he, he looks like a serpent with feathers. It is said that the serpent mound in Peebles, Ohio, is depicting a feathered serpent because uh. older drawings of that mound show like this feather-like thing around the neck of the serpent. Mm-hmm. And then we have dragons throughout all ancient societies, right? Which are also feathered serpents. So what's, what's the significance of Quetzalcoatl? What does he do for, for those Well, back peoples? then he was God. He was the one they prayed to. The he God. was the one they believed oh, in. Okay. Yes, the creator. Gotcha. They were the one he was praying to for weather or for crops or okay. whatever it was. He was the god. Now, he is a god or a deity that was created by collective consciousness. Not necessarily a person, not necessarily um, someone in form or someone in a body. So, okay, this is interesting. So it's mm-hmm. not like... Um, it's. It's not uh, it's not a being that's ever been incarnate, right? Correct. Um, right. Never. He wasn't a leader that was like moved into godlike status. Okay. Like some of our humans, we move them to saint status. Okay. And then people pray to them. So when you say that it's a um, collective, uh, that it's created in collective consciousness, basically everybody starts believing in this god's mm-hmm. existence, and then. In that sense, the God does exist. Indeed, and it does, and it creates that consciousness. It creates a powerful, very powerful energy consciousness, just like the God Vishnu, Mm -hmm. just like everyone who worshipped Green Tara in Tibet, or people who worship um, not an ascended master, but a God, someone who is defined as the, the, the lord of the universe. Gotcha. At the time. And all these different civilizations had different gods with different names. But it's all the same one, perhaps. Okay, okay. <laughs> or aspects of the same one. So some might say that, yeah, it's multiple aspects of, of right. the creator god or of whatever that is. Right. So yeah. in China, your language, you have this Chenrezig or whoever it is, and then in... Mesoamerica, you have Quetzalcoatl, also known as Kukulkan in another part of Central America or Mexico. Okay. Um, just another language. It's just a different language. It also means feathered serpent. There are many different names 
of this deity, but they all mean feathered serpent. Okay. So you, you mentioned that, that he comes up in ancient aliens. Is, he is does, the, Is yes. the belief that he's extraterrestrial in some sense? The belief is that, you know, where would these people come up with a feathered serpent concept? Okay. Did they see something that looked like that? Did they, you know, how did all the ancient societies come up with the same kind of like dragons and feathered serpents, you uh, know? I see. Um, and so they like to theorize that it was some kind of extraterrestrial being that was interacting, which could be the case. When I channeled him, he said he was a collective consciousness created deity. Gotcha. Okay, and that, okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, so he approached me. I was not seeking him out, as all of the spirits I've channeled over the years. He just showed up one day, and I saw that wild and crazy name in my mind's eye. And you hadn't heard. <laughs> and I knew. You hadn't heard it before. You didn't. Know I it had was. heard it before, okay. but I didn't know who it was. Gotcha. Um, but then when he approached, his energy was so powerful, and I hope that people can feel that today when I channel him in a little bit. But um, it was pretty remarkable at the time. And that was back in 2008, I believe, when I first met him. Okay. How, how is his energy distinct from the energy of other beings? It's distinct only in that I can identify it. Okay. At the time, it was the most powerful thing I had encountered. Gotcha. These different beings have different, I don't know, energy frequency patterns. Mm -hmm. And I can not only identify them, but I can feel them. And as I develop and evolve with it, I keep being introduced higher and higher vibrational frequencies, more intensity. Okay. Like I'm being slowly stretched. So at the time, Quetzalcoatl was the most amazing, powerful thing I had encountered until I met, you know, Vishnu and then until I met somebody else and and then it just keeps getting more and more amazing. So you did a channeling with um, Quetzalcoatl in 2009 that we have the transcript for and a lot of people really liked that. Yes. Um, so could you tell us what happened then? What was significant about that or, or what Quetzalcoatl revealed in that session? Yes. He revealed, well this was before 2012. When the Mayan calendar was about to end and everybody was afraid the world was going to end or they right. didn't know what was going to, what yes. kind of apocalypse was going to I happen. I remember it well. Do you? Yes, yes I think we all do. Um, so he said, interestingly, there are many probable outcomes, but we can promise you that there will be intensity. It is a year of chaos. It is a year of bliss. It is a year of enlightenment. Um, but really, he says, I want to call it the year of intensity because of all the emotions, all of the realities become more intense. Hmm. So I guess that means the volume or the brightness was being turned up on everything. So if your life was, was crappy then, it was going to get worse hmm. if you didn't do something to turn that around. Because what, happened, what was going to happen in 2012 was not going to affect everybody the same way. It isn't going to be like a cataclysmic you know, big flood or something, <laughs> not, not to affect everybody, but intensity of everything. So whatever was good was going to get better. And whatever was bad could possibly get worse. And um, it's, he, he said there are many contributing factors. It's not just your planet. It's astrology. It's the cosmos. It's, you know, your collective consciousness. <laughs> it's how are you choosing to perceive your reality? So, um, he was just calling it a year of intensity. And then he's like, well, we can't tell you exactly what will happen hmm. because your thoughts, choices of thought are changing all the time and you're really guiding this thing. So he didn't say the sky is falling and we're all going to die. No, he okay. didn't. He didn't. Cool. All right. <laughs> and for, for some, I'm sure it was a little disappointing because they wanted to just beam into some other, yeah. you know, reality they and be done say, with so it. So the spaceships are going to show up. And Yay. <laughs> beam us up. We're done here. <laughs> that didn't and, happen. And uh, unfortunately that, uh, well, it might have happened for someone. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it did, it did seem to speed up. Time has seemed to speed up since then. Have you noticed that, or is that just I, my perception? I've, a lot of people have been have been positing that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he said that really is happening, that time is speeding up. And so he was saying that in 2009. He was saying that in 2009, but he also said that all of this 2012 stuff had already started happening. 
and was going to continue to happen beyond 2012. We're still seeing that. Hmm. We're seeing a, more duality than ever before, I think, in, in my yeah, perception. Totally. Well, so it's interesting because this is, this is sort of the view that the New Age community has, has, um, has ended up rallying around um, in more recent years. Right, so it, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting that he was saying it in two thousand nine, back when a lot of mm-hmm. new age people were doing the fire and brimstone approach. Right, and they were all. It was all about December twenty first, twenty twelve. That was the day the calendar ended. Yeah. <laughs> and what was going to happen? Because if these because these people were really really smart, and yeah. they had a brilliant calendar. They had brilliant. They knew astrology. They understood it all. So we thought, well, must, they must have a wisdom that we don't have. Mm. But a yeah. lot had changed from their time to yeah. ours. Yeah, so it's interesting. So, I mean, some, based on the calendar, we can, we can assume that something, the Mayans predicted something would be different mm-hmm. in 2012. Yes. And I guess this it's is... It's all more intense. Right. It, it certainly is to me. Now, during that session, this was one of my special event channelings where it's a different format than my regular monthly channelings in which everyone receives... A, an energy download, so to speak, or an energy transmission from the deity through me. So this was the first time I think um, a spirit had really done some en- repatterning of codes mm-hmm. within people, repatterning of energetic codes. Okay. And it was so tremendously intense <laughs> and amazing that uh, there was a man there videotaping the session um, for promotional purposes and he sat down with me at the end and he said I have videotaped a lot of people in the metaphysical community I have seen a lot of things I have done a lot of he said I've never felt energy like this he said I don't usually don't feel energy but that was something that was unmistakable Awesome. Yeah. So he's Quetzalcoatl is pretty cool and I would expect that listeners can feel his energy in a little bit if not already (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of just clarify that, the idea of, of channeling and, and um, everything that, that we're doing here is, is that um, these conscious entities exist on an, in another dimension, some, some extra-dimensional yes. reality. Yes. Um, that uh, quantum physicists are, are aware that there is some sort of extra-dimensional reality. We don't... Mm-hmm know exactly why or or how or mm-hmm. you know where or <laughs> any of those right. important things um, <laughs> well i don't know the where in my understanding is here okay you know it's all occupying the same space and yet our space time is a little separated somehow it's confusing yeah i think the why is what's mainly missing um. The why is missing, yeah. The why is definitely missing, yeah. and I can't get that answer from anybody in the in the multiverse. Yeah, but so anyway, the idea <laughs> is that there's this extra dimensional um, uh, plane, yes. I suppose, wh- mm-hmm. whatever sure. it is, and um, we uh, there is energy, there is information, and um, consciousness. Yes, and you're tapping into that. Definitely consciousness. Yes, I am. Da- I am tapping into that. And um, he uh, is just one of those, one of the ones that really stands out in my mind over the past 20 years. I mean, they're all amazing. They're all really profound. They're all wise. But this one was particularly powerful. Okay. Well, I look forward to talking with him in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Is there anything you want to talk about first? I do, because prior to this special event, I had traveled to Mexico City with the intention of visiting Teotihuacan, the Pyramid of the Sun, the the, uh, Temple of Quetzalcoatl. Okay. Um, And as I approached Teotihuacan, which is the name of the ancient city there, you can go see the ruins, climb the pyramids. Um, He started talking to me. I had a little notebook with me, and he just started telling me, when you get to the temple, here's what you're going to do. So... You can imagine hundreds of tourists there, right? Okay. Bright, sunny day. And uh, he says, I need you to lie down on the top <laughs> of the Pyramid of the Sun and stretch your arms out directly to your sides. And then I'm going to do some kind of activation. 
I bet that made so, you feel totally normal. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. Socially yeah. normal. Hi. Well, I'm thinking no, nobody's going to see me again, right? I don't know these people. So I, and then I asked my husband to take some pictures of that just to show people, you know, because later in the channeling, he talked about how our body is a cross. And we think about our light column going through the center of our body vertically, but there's also a cross going horizontally through our heart center. Mm. And that's what he wanted to activate in me so then I could help activate that in others. That's very kind of him. That was very kind of him. And um, not too embarrassing for me. People just moved out of the way. Cool. And I just was lying there in the sun, just receiving. Awesome. Yeah. So when you go to an ancient site, follow your guidance. There might be something kind of strange you're, you're guided to do, but it's for some kind of activation of your energy. That may have been something that thousands of years ago was totally normal. Totally and normal, right. It would have been right. weird to not lie down. <laughs> right. Maybe that's why the top of that pyramid is flat. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but I just felt like really honored that I was able to receive that right there where so many people believed in him. So many people prayed to him. He was the God. Hmm. And so I received an activation from God, you know, mm -hmm. Quetzalcoatl, the God, right there in, in that holy, you know, that, that sacred city. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It was pretty awesome, actually. Very awesome. Well, so we don't, we're not in a sacred city right now, unfortunately. We're not. Um, but we can still talk to Quetzalcoatl. Of course we can. We can set up a sacred city for ourselves in our minds. And that's what's important for people to know. It doesn't, you don't have to travel to Machu Picchu to experience its energy. Yes, it's a little more of an experience, a little more of a physical, mm -hmm. you know, live experience, but we can tap into other stuff from anywhere. And so there are those who can't travel, but they really want to visit Egypt or whatever it is. Tap into it. Learn how to project yourself there. Mm -hmm. And that's something we can talk about another time. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so... So you probably want to talk to him. And I would love to talk to him, yes. <laughs> okay. No, you're wonderful too, but um, <laughs> he sounds pretty sweet. He is. He's pretty wise. Okay. And loving. Powerful and loving. It's a good combo. So I'm guided to... Um, mention this as something that listeners can do. Close your eyes. Maybe sit, sit or lie down. You Unless could lie down driving. in that if cross. If you're driving, don't do any of that. If you're yes, please. If you're driving, please <laughs> keep your eyes a, open. If you're in a calm, safe place, yes. close your eyes. Thank you for lie that. down. Sit down. Yes. Relax. Relax. You can stretch your arms out straight horizontally from your body. If you are lying down or in a relaxed space, if you are driving, you can simply imagine this in your mind's eye. This cross of energy moving through you. He's just kind of giving me these ideas as he's integrating with me. Deep breaths are always good, too. Deep breaths are always good. Nobody seems to breathe deeply enough anymore, unless you're a yogi. <laughs> but we do need to do some deep breathing each day. So getting into a more mindful state will improve the extent to which we can benefit from this conversation exactly from the energy that may exist may present itself to us because like every other being a channel the energy transmissions are embedded in the words I just want to say how honored I am to be able to provide this for everyone and myself I've learned so much from these beings. I will allow him to speak first and then you can ask questions. I will be separating my consciousness in a few moments and switching over to Quetzalcoatl, also known as Kukulkan. Okay. I am Quetzalcoatl, known as the Feathered Serpent. 
You may simply refer to me as Q if, it, if my name is difficult to pronounce. Thank you. Do you have a message for us straight away? I do. Much time and energy is spent in archaeology, in history, and while this is fascinating, it is not as helpful to you now in the present. Hmm. Now in the present, there must be more focus on choice, choice of thought, choice of action. There must be more focus on caring for your own energy self. There is more focus, it seems, on caring for others within the human race at this time. And that is not how it was in ancient times, as you call them. People knew how to care for themselves and the, and the necessity of self-care and of balance. There was much more focus on nature and the energy of nature, working to each day balance yourself with the energy of nature. Perhaps some of the ancient glyphs or texts can help with this, and yet you are still trying to define the society. You are still trying to determine if there were otherworldly beings visiting these societies, and of course they were, as they are now, just in different forms or in different levels of frequency. So, unfortunately, not much has changed, and yet it has become more intense, as I spoke of prior to the major shift that has been occurring for you, and the shift will occur for some time. People ask about poles shifting on your planet, and it is important to note that the poles would not shift overnight. Very few could adjust to that dramatic of a shift. It will happen gradually, just as most shifts happen gradually. There are acts of nature that happen dramatically, and yet those are still very small parts of the biggest shift that is occurring. As the planet attempts to move into a new plane of frequency, it is not necessary to understand planes or frequencies, but the planet is evolving. Remember that your planet is a conscious living being and you are an extension of it. Part of you is an extension of it. So it is, it is attempting to evolve itself as well. So what would you like to know today? A million things. A million. Hmm. Okay, so, but thank you for, thank you for those. Um, is this information helpful? It is very helpful. Um, and I have some, some follow-up questions. Excellent. You, the first thing that you talked about is our focus on caring for others. Yes. And uh, a, 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 a decrease in our, in our awareness of self-care. Yes. So caring for others, you're positioning that as a, a bad thing in a sense? This was a general statement. And what I was trying to convey is that people, rather your society, has put more of a priority on service than it has on self-care or self-love even. Mm. And this does not mean that I want you to not help others. Of course I do. But first you must help yourself. Fill yourself with energy each day. Fill your gas tank with fuel mm. so that you have energy in order to help others at a higher frequency. So in ancient times, uh, is, your, is your experience that, that in ancient times there was much more awareness of yes. self-care? Yes. There was much less focus on the doing and more focus on the being. What there happened? was more meditation. Mm, what happened? Your society became more and more ego-driven, money-driven, competition-driven. Okay. Games that were played 
in ancient societies were not for winners and losers, but for those who wanted to continue to improve their performance. Hmm. Become stronger, become better warriors. So I am not saying that it is bad to not help others, but if you are being codependent and giving all of your energy away to someone else, or if you have no boundaries with people taking advantage of you, this is what I'm speaking of. Okay. Does that answer the question? It does answer the question. So what advice would you give to the person who is aware of this now and who is trying to incorporate self-care um, into their daily practice, into their paradigm? New priorities, new schedule, new mode of operation. They must reschedule their life, reschedule the operations at home, reschedule how they are operating at work, particularly in relationships, but most importantly, how are they choosing to think within that operating system? Okay. So you've talked about the shift, right? Yes. The, the famous 2012 the shift. The famous shift that we are sitting in here in your space time right now. Excellent. So um, you talked about the earth shifting, which I think is an interesting concept. We often think about our shift as a collective human race. Um, you can't be human without the earth. Yeah, yeah, we, we need it. It needs us. Yes. And so... For when it shifts into a higher frequency or a higher plane of frequency, resources can replenish themselves faster within it, hmm. and it can attract higher vibrational frequencies that can benefit everything and everyone. Okay, so that's that's what the shift is bringing to the earth? Yes. Okay. Those and are... opportunities. Opportunity f opportunities, many opportunities for the human consciousness to evolve. Collective human consciousness to evolve. Mm -hmm. And for that to take place, it is taking place slowly, but for it to take place dramatically, the opposition has to stop. The opposition. The opposing forces of good and bad, right and wrong. Ah. Duality yes. will always be here, but it does not need to be chosen in the mind. Right. And, and this is... Cindy's raising her hands now. Can you explain what's happening? I am beginning, I've raised her hands because I am beginning to transmit the energy to everyone who is listening. Okay. And mm, new patterns of codes, rather repatterning of the energy to help one who is aware enough to understand the choice of non-duality or one who is ready to entertain the new concept. Please carry on. <laughs> Okay, thank you. What... This also helps to raise the frequency of those who are listening so they can more easily understand what we are speaking of. Okay, so, so the shift. Um, we've all heard a lot about what happened leading up to 2012 and then 2012. Um, what is happening now and how best can we be a part of that? How, how can we optimize our experience to to, you know, go with It depends with the on shift. the experience that you are intending. Okay. Do you want the experience of marching on the state house lawn mm, as part of a tribe against or for a cause? Is that the experience that you want? Some people do. Some people do. And this gives them a type of energy, not a spiritual energy necessarily, it depends on the person. Each one is unique. And so interestingly, in this tribal formation, it becomes very powerful, but for what mm, dimension? Do you want to become more aware of third dimension? Do you want to ascend or move up the corporate ladder? Do you want to make more money? Do you want this success concept to happen with you, that is fine. You can operate within that. So you're saying that those aren't <clears throat> bad things. They're not bad. 
they're not as high as you could be operating I in see. frequency. No. Because it's egoic, right? It is that egoic. Is, that yes. is ego. It is but... of the human experience. It is of the okay. personality. Um, so if let's say that one did want to have an experience of marching on the White House lawn, that is what one feels. And they feel that is their mission? That, yes. Let's say a person viscerally experiences that as their mission right now. Yes. How can one do that um, in a, a way that is optimally mindful and... Um, in alignment with the soul? Yes. Hmm. They can do it by dropping back down into the ego. This is the only way. Once they move outside of the ego into a clearer or mm, more aligned state of being with the soul, they will see that it is not as important as they once thought. Okay. And their marching has little to do with decision making. So is, so, so is there a way to drop it back into the ego and to have that experience Yes. while still, um, being mindful about it, spiritual about it, however you would describe it. One would like need what? to drop into the ego for the experience, and then later they would meditate and move back out of it, perhaps. Ah, I see. And they would move back into it as soon as they think about it again. Interesting. This is a roller coaster ride that the mind creates for your energy systems. That's interesting. That provides a path for the person who wants to have that earthly experience. Yes. As you might say. Um, and it may appear that when so many have protested that this creates change and yet is it the chicken or egg as you would say because the change may have been slated to happen uh, anyway but in any case that person is participating in the change yes um, right and it is not wrong okay it is not the highest alignment with the soul for in that alignment you become more neutral and you see that all is divine order, or at least you trust that it is so. So what would be the highest alignment with the soul? Um, what, what, what would we do? Would we literally drop out and meditate all day? Mm. Ideally. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. You would meditate for probably half of your day, 12 hours of your day. Okay. But this is not likely possible for most humans. So it calls for a more neutral state of being, non-judgment, no more concepts or labels in the mind of good and bad or right and wrong. Hmm. Only that everything just is and maintaining a peaceful, calm state inside. So your perspective is interesting because you've seen so many different peoples in so many different times, right? Oh, yes. So would you say that people were better at that in, in, in the past? Yes, because there wasn't as much to distract them. There wasn't as much they believed they needed to accomplish. I see. So were they less egoic in a certain sense? Or just differently egoic? Mm, differently. It may not be fair to say less egoic at the time, although from one perspective, this is true. Okay. So some humans now would think of ancient societies as barbaric for, for human sacrifice and animal sacrifice. And yet that was part of the balance with nature it was almost like it was egoic yes but it was bargaining with nature in hmm. order to receive something this was what was understood because hmm. not as much was understood interesting as is now about the cosmos about quantum physics bargaining with nature in order to receive something and that most for the most part that worked for them in a sense right it did of course yeah. Because their belief in it, okay. just as one could believe in their crystal ball is going to bring them something, or one could believe that if they go to confession, it will pardon them or give them something. Okay. Whatever the one believes in at the time is what is powerful because the mind creates the reality. Huh. So it worked. So human sacrifice works. Crystal balls work. All of the tools work. 
if the one believes that they do. The one tool that could work so powerfully for humans that doesn't all of the time is prayer. Hmm. Because often the person does not believe that it will work. Hmm. At which point it's sort of pointless. Right? Indeed, where's your faith? I see. So, so you've been prayed to oh, yes. quite a lot. What yes. is that like? It is like nonstop chatter, <laughs> perhaps you would say. And yet it is interesting in that I read the energy frequencies more so than the word, listen to the words. Okay. And often the energy frequencies, especially now, not very many people praying to me now in modern <laughs> societies, but sorry, those who are praying now, that is okay. <laughs> I am part of the one source and just one aspect of it. But most are coming from fear, coming from lack, and this is the vibration they are praying, the vibration built into the request they are making, and therefore, hmm. unfortunately, I cannot align them with a higher experience. Hmm. That's interesting. So if a person is praying for <clears throat> uh, abundance, if they're praying for a raise, Praying from desperation. But but they're, but they're, the energy pattern, as you say, the feeling behind yes. it is one of lack Emotion. And, and fear and sadness. Wh yes. Which is the prayer? Does that make sense? So if, if the words are, please give me a raise, and if the, the, the feeling, thought, energy, expectation is, mm -hmm. uh, I will um, die poor and alone, <laughs> then... Right. Which Please is give prayer. me a raise because I do not have enough. It is coming from, it is coming from desperation. Please give me a raise because why would somebody ask for a raise unless they are saying thank you for the unlimited opportunities and abundance that come from my current moment? I see. So what what did the ancient peoples do um, back when? Uh, you were prayed to all the time. Often I was prayed to for my appearance. Your appearance? They wanted me to appear to them. Ah. They wanted reinforcement or of their belief that I was real. Ah. Mm, they were also praying to earth with the sacrifices and other rituals and ceremonies. I see. For the elements to bring them something. But I was mostly prayed to for my appearance <laughs> and for my power to fuel the ceremony or the sacrifice. To fuel it by... To fuel it, to bless it, okay, so I that see. earth would provide what they needed. I see. And how does that work? How do you fuel the ceremony? By... I send energy. I see. Because I do not judge whether their ceremony is helpful or not helpful. If they believe that it is, then I will add the extra power because they believe in me. And why is belief so important? It is all you have. What do you mean by that? <laughs> belief is how you translate your third dimensional reality. Belief is how you understand your physical body and your ancestors, your family, your relationships because you can change your beliefs and you can change the way your reality appears. Belief is the current operating system with which you view your reality mm. and experience it. That which, that which shows up on the screen, like the computer screen, that which you hear auditorily, that which you taste, there are those who have never smelled the skunks, mm, the smell that the skunk puts off. <laughs> I cannot find this word in her mind. And if they have not smelled it before, they do not know if it is good or bad. They just know it is something different and mm -hmm. unusual, mm -hmm. something new to experience. But so many times, the parents of a child will tell them that lima beans are terrible, or that there is an animal that is to be frightened of, and then they automatically adopt that belief without even having their own experience of it. Interesting. We see this in how like 
racist attitudes are passed down generation oh, yes. to generation. Right. All, all sorts of... How um, is this possible racism in this modern time when every single person on the planet has no control over who they were born to be? Hmm. How is this still possible? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> it is belief. Okay. And, and beliefs can be conditioned. Beliefs can right? be conditioned. Beliefs can be changed. Yeah, that, that's powerful. Humans, all of the time, are asking for help with overcoming an issue, but the issue really is that they are holding on to the past to what they were taught to believe hmm. about themselves, about religion, about reality, about duality, about <laughs> racism, everything. And they never stop and question because they never take enough still silence to question, does this really serve me? They just believe it as truth. And there is only one truth, and that has been spoken through this one many times, is that there is no personality, there is no thought. You are just consciousness, just being, hmm. just energy like I am, like everyone in the, in the cosmos. And everything else is sort of a... Everything is a, a holographic illusion. Yeah. But have fun with it. Have fun with your holographic illusion. Don't take things so seriously, especially. Okay. All right. That's, um, that's interesting uh, feedback for us. Um, those are definitely important topics, how, like, how we address belief in our own lives. Address it every day. Address it every day. Do you believe that a cardinal is red? Do you believe that you have a particular diagnosis? Do you believe that everything is going to stay the same? How does one go about changing a belief that for, for which there is hmm. a lot of apparent evidence? Your, your phrase is fake it till you make it. Pretend for a while. Entertain a new belief. Okay. You will not get in trouble if you entertain a different religion's belief system for a week. So see, this is interesting because it, it, ancient peoples were able to do rituals, you know, pray for rain and receive rain. Yes. Right? Um, and you're saying that that's because they really believed that it was possible. Yes. Nowadays, if we got a bunch of people together and did a rain dance, none of us would believe that it would work. Um, Some of you would. Right. Maybe it's, not enough. It's a rare person. Maybe not enough because you're looking for scientific proof. Exactly. Um, and so, so that, that to me is, is the, the modern issue. Yes, it is. How, how does one address that when, when we know that... So, so if belief is... Yes, good question. If belief is so malleable a concept that we can take on and, and off beliefs as we wish, then... How do we, um, how can we decide which You have ones... to stop being skeptical. Okay. You have to trust in something you can't see or feel or taste or touch. You have to have that old-fashioned faith that was spoken of in older religions. But not focusing on what do you, what do you have faith in. It's inside of you. You have to realize that the power is inside of you and when you have skepticism about someone else or some other system, the skepticism is really about you. It's insecurity. Hmm. See, in general, skepticism is revered today. Of course it because is. In your scientific third dimension, yes. Yes, well, and we've seen a lot of negative beliefs. Um, yes, but also many things have come from skepticism because the, you wanted the proof and then you found it. Hmm. So it does have its place. But now in this opposing dual space, chaotic, very chaotic, as energies are trying to geometrically restructure the Earth's grid, the energy around Earth, trying for a harmonization of structure, the chaos is mm, the resistant energy to that. I see. So in that 
in that picture just... you just painted, we should not resist the chaos? No. Embrace the chaos, accept it, do not engage in a negative emotion about it. The best point of view is that it is simply interesting because there is no way that you can see the whole picture. There's no way that you can see divine order and yet you can contribute with that state of being of neutrality of, well, isn't that interesting? You start to calm down the collective. You can do that. You as one person can contribute to that. I'm not saying change your beliefs every day. I am saying entertain new ones. See if the old ones are still creating joy and faith and confidence. And if they are not, perhaps try something new. So let's say I entertain a new idea and I really like it. Yes. Um, how then do I go about actually believing it, right? Because that's an entirely different thing. Well, you will start to see the results and then you will have no choice but to believe it. Okay. It's like a salad. You keep adding ingredients and the flavor gets better and better. Or perhaps you get tired of those mm, candied walnuts and you decide not to put those in the next time. Every day it could be like a salad. And some beliefs don't apply for every day or the rest of your life. Some were only meant to, have, to take you to age 12 or some were meant to take you to age 23 when you became awakened or whenever or whatever. Hmm. But I'm available. I am still available to anyone who wishes to engage with my energy and I have transmitted energy to everyone today. Okay, what? Well, that might be a good sort of wrap-up question then. How might one um, get in touch with you? Uh, you can call upon me, Quetzalcoatl or Q, which is fine. Okay. And I will respond, just like any other spirit you call upon will respond. If listeners could also do some relaxing today, 15 or 20 minutes, lying on the black back, lying on the back with the palms facing up. This will help to integrate the energy that I have transmitted to you. And perhaps you will notice more clarity, more peace inside, or a number of other positive results, physical, mental, and emotional. It is my honor to share your space with you. Thank you for allowing me to speak, to transmit energy, and asking helpful questions, which I hope helpful answers were provided. They were. Thank you very much. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Quetzalcoatl. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Michael. I'm still coming back. <laughs> okay. Allowing his energy to slowly leave me or disconnect from me and reconnecting my consciousness with my body. Your eyes are still closed. Yes, they are. I'm not ready to focus in on the holographic illusion of reality <laughs> yet. It's overrated. You're <laughs> because okay without it. Because the reality of channeling for me is so, so profound. Okay. So, how was that? Did you feel any energy from him? Yeah. Yeah, Good. that was cool. Good. I hope other people did too. He's uh, very insightful. Good. And I, I like the... Um, sort of referencing back to ancient cultures and that kind of thing. Yeah, that was neat because that's, those were the people who were really speaking to him, mm -hmm. praying to him, and that he was really providing service, providing his energy yeah. to. So thank you for facilitating that. Well, thank you for As facilitating always. that. Sure. Um, any, any, anything um, that you want to bring up after having done that but anything that came up during the Gosh. channeling that you want to address all I know is that the energy is so helpful for all of us that we could listen to this over and over and it's not about listening to the words it's about connecting with the energy I feel like um, he's not the only one that's spoken this the more we connect to our source whatever that is to us 
whether it's a deity such as Quetzalcoatl or someone that we trust in the universe, an archangel, mm-hmm. or even source or God itself, I feel like that connection will help all of us, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes a day. Cool. Like he said, you can meditate half your day, 12 hours a day. Yeah, apparently that's the uh, ideal. Mm. <laughs> we're I'll, not uh, all monks. I'll so see what I can do. Afraid. Yeah. <laughs> but if we do some kind of connection, we can start to move into that space of neutrality that he talked about. And that's how we help to heal everyone in the planet. That was interesting how he talked about um, going into um, sort of higher consciousness mode uh, part of the day and then flipping back into 3D and doing mm-hmm. your protests and right. playing the game, so to playing speak. Playing the game, and yeah. Kind of going back and forth. Yep. Um, that's interesting because a lot of times spiritual teachers will just say, oh, you should just renounce all of that stuff. That's right. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that that's part of the human experience is that roller coaster of playing the game right. and then stepping out of it. But then you decide, how much do I want to be stepped out of it? Or how much do I want to engage in the matrix? I see. And I don't think any of it's wrong. Yeah. Or right. Everybody's unique. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. I kept wanting him to say, like, here's how to be a, a, conscience, a conscious protester and, like, give, like, the five-step plan. But yeah. He really didn't offer that, did he? There wasn't that. Well, and a, another deity or consciousness might offer something different. And that would be interesting to ask someone else whoever we talk to next time all right sounds good thank you and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today i hope it has been interesting and or helpful you can find cindy's channel books on amazon kindle versions also available and visit my website cindyriggs.com 